This is Stephen Strang, and welcome to my God, Trump, and the 2020 Election podcast. It's the podcast tied to my new book, but it's also to tell Christians why Donald Trump must win and what's at stake if he loses. And today I have an amazing guest who has what I think is a silver bullet for some of the problems we're facing in this country. I am so interested in interviewing Bishop Kevin Williams, who was on my podcast before. You can look it up on the Charisma Podcast Network. It, it got a huge listenership. And today I know that we're going to uh, learn something. And it has to do with what's going on in the African-American community. And uh, as everybody knows, most African-Americans in our country vote Democrat. They just do. Uh, they have for generations. And, uh, you know, with everything that's going on in, in the country, with race relations and the tension with Black Lives Matter and all this kind of stuff, and also the relationship between the black community and Donald Trump, I just felt it would be timely to hear what Bishop Williams has to say. So let me begin by welcoming you back to my podcast and uh, to just ask if you would explain to me and my listeners some of the amazing things that you and I were talking about uh, just earlier. And uh, I just said, we've got to do a podcast. We've got to do it now. We've got to get this out. So why, why is it that African-Americans don't seem to like Donald Trump? Or maybe you could clarify that. And what will it take for him to win them over? Well, uh, thank you for having me today. I think that um, one of the reasons that uh, it is a challenge in the African-American community has partly to do with, uh, with the media and the fact of how he is portrayed, sound bites, things like that. I think that that is one of the challenges. Also, misunderstandings that could be cleared up if there was given an opportunity. I think that President Trump is a genius of an individual when it comes to the assignment that God has for him. And it is more than necessary uh, for him to uh, do God's assignment and God's will. And so the African-American community right now is a bit bewildered because they don't understand. I, I also do believe that there are a few things that, that if the information was brought out, and I think that that's one of the things that's really been hidden in, in the African-American community, is that if the information was brought out in clarity of what has been done for the African-American community and the next stages of how that flows, I believe that it would have more of an impact and definitely it would help him to get uh, greater votes. Uh, when it comes to the community. Well, let's start by just giving one or two examples of what you're talking about. And maybe I should also ask you to explain why you don't think people know this other than what you said about the media. And uh, how can we communicate this? Or maybe I should say, how should Donald Trump and his campaign communicate this? Well, I think that uh, the Trump administration could probably do a better job in and diversity when it comes to different news, airways, access, uh, things like that, and putting things out there. Because one thing I do realize, and that is that when you're trying to reach a certain group of people, 
you can't just blast it to the same people hoping that it filters to those individuals. You have to, you have to actually be intentional about what you're going after and what you're dealing with. And so if you're intentional about it and you're hitting those areas that they are going to listen to, because uh, every community, whether it be African-American, the Latino community, regardless of what community it is, they have their own set areas that they get their information from or they will hear things at. And if you're intentional about that, then I think that you're going to find it a bit different. The impact is going to be different. But if you keep doing the same things that you've always done, hoping that it filters out, um, it's not going to work effectively because it is obvious to me that the methods that are being used is just not filtering the way that they would desire it uh, to get to the African-American community, the Latino community, and things like that. And so what's, what they're left with is the interpretation of other news outlets that take that information, put a spin on it, and then all of a sudden now you have a community that says, well, this is why I don't like him, or this is why um, I have um, such an issue. I don't think the uh, I don't think the African American community uh, knows fully the impact of what he's done for the economy. And so, when you deal with the impact of what he's done for the economy and how the unemployment has been cut and cut and cut and cut and cut, and before COVID uh, hit, coronavirus and COVID nineteen hit, uh, you're talking about our economy just busting out of the seams. Well, that that is the that is really uh, the voice of that is silenced because there's other rhetoric out there that basically says, let's distract from this and put this over here. So I think that the, uh, Trump, the Trump campaign and the administration, one of the things that they need to do is make sure that it is voiced and not just for the United States, but how that specifically impacts the African-American community and weigh that with third-party um, third groups that come in and say, no, these literally are the facts. I'm not talking about people that just want to sway for a particular reason. A third-party group that comes in and say, no, these are the facts. And whether it is good, whether it is bad, whether it is ugly, you put it out there, and then what will be seen then is the true result of what his administration has done. So give me some examples. Uh, the unemployment rate is one. But hasn't Ben Carson in housing and urban development also done a lot of things in trying to rebuild the uh, black community in some places? I understand that the areas that were destroyed by the riots in 1968 haven't even really been rebuilt, you know, in places like Baltimore and other places. How do you see this? Well, uh, the way that I look at it is, is that the those kind of things really are not shared in volume and it's it's not really loud i think that ben carson even though he has done an effective job if you if you think about it and me being an african-american i have to look at the fact of have i heard what he's done i've had to really search to see those things but ultimately it's really not noised uh, in the african-american community and when you're looking at uh, things like the uh, senator from uh, South Carolina who has put together uh, a, a system that, that deals with hard-hit um, um, African-American and Latino uh, urban communities so that they have 
impact, financial impact. A lot of those things really are not really talked about. And if they are, the African-American community doesn't really know uh, many people that are taking advantage of that. And it's not that they're not, it's that they don't know it. So if you don't know it and you don't see it, or somebody else has taken the credit for it, then there is a confusion when it comes to that. And so I think that it's important that the administration then noises um, what uh, Ben Carson is doing. They noise uh, what the president is doing and others within his administration because you really don't have any um, star players, may I say, that are coming out there that are voicing it that strong in the African-American community. And I think that that is one of the, the challenges that, that has been had. I, I do believe I do believe that the president right now recognizes that he has challenged there. Uh, and I think that he is, I think he's fighting a, I think he's fighting a wolf. I think he has a gun, but he doesn't have a silver bullet. And to be honest with you, if I was able to talk with him and, and just explain some things to him, I believe that uh, my eye and a few of of my buddies have some silver bullets that we can actually kill that wolf uh, because he has the gun. He just doesn't have a silver bullet and he needs that. And there's nobody, I don't think that there's anybody around him that really can give him that silver bullet. I believe that they can show, tell him where to aim it, but I don't think that they can, they can give him that silver bullet because they don't have it because they're not using it. And so now there's a silence that is there. And, and I believe that people recognize that there's some trouble in the camp and, and something needs to be done. You know, a minute ago, you mentioned the senator from South Carolina. Of course, he is Tim Scott. He's a Republican. He's very conservative, very articulate. But yet a lot of people don't seem to take him seriously. You know, it's like if you're not a really liberal Democrat, it's like you don't count. And, um, you know, his voice has been muted, in my opinion. But then you talk about the third party and you did refer to it, even, you know, referring to yourself and some of your friends. Is that what you mean by third party or, or organizations or media? Or what is it going to take to persuade the African-American community to just look at the facts? You know, this isn't propaganda. This is just the facts. African-Americans are better off because of Donald Trump. I mean, I, I, uh, document some of this in my book, God, Trump in the 2020 election, everything from prison reform. I mean, there was all this talk about prison reform and nothing really happened, you know, even in the Obama administration. But yet Donald Trump came in and has actually gotten some things done. Uh, he's pardoned a couple of people who were really put in there, you know, wrongly. And uh, he has gotten some acclaim, you know, Kanye West and a few other people have, uh, have, uh, lauded him. I've even had a couple of the people on my podcast over time, but how do we get that message out? And, and uh, how do we get word to the president that these third parties are necessary to do it? And how can we do it in the 90 days between August 5th, when we're recording this, and the election on November 3rd? Well, um, I think that this podcast is, is an example of uh, how to get that done, but here, here's the deal. The deal is is that also that while, let's say that while we're doing this kind of podcast, somebody on, at the Trump administration also has to be listening for new ball players that want to come on the court and say, hey, we can help to get this done, 
but you can't keep playing the same players hoping to get a different result because we're at the fourth quarter now and we've got to make something happen. And so I think that uh, that's one of the, the effective ways really to get it done is to have um, the, a meeting of the minds where everybody comes in unguarded and there is a conversation that really deals with the facts. I believe the African-American community is open. And that's what uh, a lot of people don't realize. The African-American community is not close to Donald Trump, but they are they, but they need definitely people like myself and yourself and other people that come out in uh, certain areas to bring some kind of explanation of saying, okay, let's look at these specific things. Because if we look at these specific things and, and even get the African-American community to then say, okay, what is important to you? And when they ask that, then show how this administration has addressed that where the administration before and before that and before that may not have addressed it, but this administration is. And so I think that a lot of that um, has been muted to the African-American community because uh, it is the agenda of many to try to get him out of office. And I know, I recognize globalism when I hear it. I recognize the system of the Antichrist when I hear it. And so I, I recognize that this president is the president to make sure that we are not in that global system that would make us vulnerable and accessible to the Antichrist. And most African-Americans don't realize that. But I have learned this. I have learned that when I teach or I talk about it and I give information, I did that a little bit with an interview with uh, Bishop Bloomer, and there were so many African-Americans that said, I had no idea that he had done those specific things. And so you have to give, you, I think that they're open. The African-American community is really, really open, but they're open to hear. And so because they're listening and if someone can just, you know, myself, I'm, I'm doing it, but you definitely need a platform to be able to put that out there to say, this is what's going on. This is why it's going on. And this is the thing that you need to see. And I think that what he would find is that the African-American community would show up for him at the polls in a different kind of way than is being seen right now, especially concerning, um, and I'll give you a perfect example, uh, even with Black Lives Matter. With Black Lives Matter, there is no one, there is no one that disagrees with that slogan. No one disagrees with that slogan. But, but people don't realize that in the infrastructure of Black Lives Matter are some things that even blacks may not even agree with. And so, you, and because that's not told, because the culture is listening to the slogan, but they're not looking at the infrastructure, the bylaws and the, the mission statement and things like that. They're not hearing any of those things. That's not shared in the African-American community. And so it takes, it takes opportunities like this to be able to say, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. And if you go this way, this is what the result is going to be. If you go this way, this is what the result is going to be. A lot of people don't even recognize that, that uh, President Obama uh, turned on Israel at the very end of his presidency. And here it is that this president upholds the standard of the conviction of the word of God to support Israel. One of the things that makes our country so great 
is because of our conviction of the word of God and our support of Israel. And because um, the United States is the, is the ally of Israel, then Michael, the war angel, is the ally of the United States because Michael is the angel of Israel. And so when we're looking at what the conviction of the word of God is, and you look at um, individuals that are trying to um, take this president out of office versus what the word of God says, and you, you compare them, you know, you have to ask yourself the question, and this is just my conviction and my belief, is that if we have a war, if we have a world war, who do you want in office? Who do you want to be able to defend the United States and protect the United States in that way? And so you have to ask those kind of questions and then deal with the African um, American community in such a way that they're hearing it. And it's not just muted, it's not just death, it's not just overtone, it's not just white noise that is just fuzz in the ear, that literally that we just nail, put the nail right on the head. And I, I think that, that he'll see a change. Well, that's very well said. And as we wrap up the podcast, I'll just mention to my listeners that your friend, Bishop George Bloomer, who you referred to earlier, did a podcast with me just a few days ago in which he outlined what was on Black Lives Matter's website. I mean, they they have a very radical agenda regarding the uh, gay and lesbian, uh, they call it LGBTQ agenda. They're very much against the nuclear family. A lot of their policies are, are outright communist. And we don't use that word very much in our country, but it really is. And it's almost like a Trojan horse in a way to uh, take, you know, this term that everybody can agree to and apply it to something else. But that's like some of the uh, communist countries that have the word a democratic or republican in their name. And and there's nothing democratic or republican about it. They're communist nations. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is so important to get the word out. You know, historically, the Republican Party was actually founded to fight the expansion of slavery into the West because the Whig Party, which totally went away, was so ineffective. And it was the Democratic Party, uh, mainly in the South, that wanted to keep slavery. And Democrats in the North, even during the Civil War, wanted to make peace with the Confederacy. And can you imagine if the United States had divided with the Confederate states being a separate country, it'd be like Canada or something. America would not be the great country that it is. And my book, God, Trump, and the 2020 election outlines some of these things that it was the Democrats who brought in Jim Crow laws to keep the freed slaves who are beginning to prosper. I mean, we had senators and congressmen and all kinds of things and a black middle class developing this uh, fantastic documentary called Uncle Tom, which I just saw a few days ago, outlines this much, much better than I can. Uh, Larry Elder is behind it. And, you know, these are things that even uh, most Americans don't even know. And, you know, it's like our history is being erased. But but black people in this country were Republican for many, many uh, decades and a couple of generations. And it was only... Uh, the New Deal and and later the Civil Rights Bill of 1964, where they started to vote Democrat. But, you know, these radicals pull over the statues of the Confederate soldiers and generals or whoever they are, and they're pulling over statues of people who are Democrats. 
And somehow the, the modern Democratic Party is not linked to their very, very racist past. They're the ones that created the Ku Klux Klan. Every single Ku Klux Klan member was a Democrat back in the day. And, of mm -hmm. course, that's ancient history, but it's just hard for me to understand, you know, uh, why the Democratic Party gets kind of a free pass by many Americans, but particularly in the African-American community. Maybe you can explain to me how you have come to these conclusions yourself? Well, I, I came to them by investigating and looking and being interested and intentional about really what's going on. Uh, I, I can't be an individual that just says that just because you told me that the ice is cold, that I'm just going to believe that ice is cold. I have to investigate it myself. And when I started investigating it, I started realizing there's a lot here that has not been told in uh, our community. And so now, we, you know, we're in a rush almost to talk about it, to address it, to tell it, and, and to explain it. But for me, I had to make sure that I was looking at what the truth really was. And so that's why I really don't, I don't, I don't believe that the, the black community in the country really looks to see right now the whole picture. I believe that there are some, and, and of course, you know, I'm not saying that, that, that the administration is perfect. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is, is that the things that matter concerning the black community, a great majority of them have been addressed in some kind of way in this administration where they were never addressed in other administrations. You know, and I've been very frank you know, even though I am, I am proud to say that our country uh, has, um, our country has um, elected its first black president, and I'm very proud of that, I still have to ask the question, then what was the impact to the black community when he was in office for eight years? And that's a question that if you ask someone in the black community, they really can't tell you because that administration um, if we really look at it, that administration has done more for the LGBT community than it has for the black community. And so I have to look at it from that perspective. And so that's how I ended up getting the information that I did, because I'm going to continue to study and study and study. And so when people listen to me, they listen to me in a way of knowing that I know something that they don't know. And now and they will end up embracing it in a way because I can talk about controversial statements without creating a controversy because of the presentation of information that I have uh, been afforded to learn and know. That's great. And we're going to have to uh, leave it there. But I want people to know how to contact you. Tell us, uh, you know, an email address or something about your ministry where people could, could follow up. You know, there's so much more that could be said and should be said. And hopefully we'll do some other podcasts as I mentioned earlier, we're just 90 days away from this election. We have got to get the word out. People who resonate with this, and I know many people will, we have to share it. Share it, share it, share it. Most of my podcasts are five or 10,000, but I've had a couple that have been 300,000 because people shared it. So please do your part. Share this. Put it on social media. And uh, also, uh, if you feel so led to follow up with with uh, Bishop Williams. So what is that e email address? Uh, they can send it to Dr. Kevin A. Williams at Gmail. 
Um, that is um, an, an email address that they can send the information to. Uh, the name of my church is New Jerusalem uh, Cathedral in Greensboro, North Carolina. And I pastor another church called Monument of Praise in High Point, North Carolina. But um, that's how that they can reach out to me. And of course, um, I have, I'm on Instagram, uh, Dr. Kevin Williams Official, as well as uh, Facebook and things like that. That's great. And I thank you for fitting in this podcast. I think it is so very timely. I thank you for being a voice of, I'm going to say reason, because I believe you are very reasonable and, and you talk, you're talking facts. Everything you were saying today can be proven. We need to get this message out and we need to do what we can to reelect Donald Trump. This podcast was really not, my, uh, not about my book, but you can go on my own website, stevestrangbooks.com and see all the books I've written and some specials and so forth. And I'll thank you for listening to my God Trump and the 2020 election podcast. Tune in again tomorrow for another one as we count down the days to the election. God bless you. 